0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Lots to cover here tonight. Plus, you know, we've been talking about this doom and gloom, uh, this horse theft story out of Keene, or not not Keene, rather, but out of New Hampshire. We do the show from Keene, uh, but over in Candia, one of our friends, Brian Travis, uh, had his horses stolen from his wife's horses stolen from them. And there is, of course, more news on that, so I do want to get to that tonight. But we haven't talked really about the Liberty Forum. We haven't had a chance to really reflect on the the wonderful event that was the Liberty Forum, and there's a great little story that I want to share there. Of course, this is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. I guess we should, I don't know, Wayne, do you think we should, uh, should we wait for Mark to announce his news about what happened down in Florida? I feel like that would be the appropriate thing to do. I, I do, too. There was a verdict rendered, and I can't I. I won't say anything more than that. Uh, but first, before we get to any of that, we got to go to the phones, and it's to Sam, who is in New Hampshire. Sam, today was a very interesting day, wasn't it?
1: It was, absolutely.
0: Uh, where should we start?
1: <laughs> uh, let's start with, uh, well, I mean, I can start where I got there. Uh, I decided to go in to see Mike Barsky's uh, trial for... Uh, an incident where he was pulled over, uh, there were a couple open containers in the car, and he d- hadn't registered and so forth after moving f- from uh, California. And he also had a firearm in the car. And so he went into trial today, and I went decided to attend to film that and uh, you know make sure there's a public trial and the press is there to, to capture it and so forth, as their rules say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first thing walking in the door, they see the camera and they're telling me that I can't bring it in and uh, asked me if it's on. I told them it was. And uh, they're like, oh, you can't bring that in. I'm like, well, it's it's on. It's not recording, which was true after I hit the button to to stop it recording. Uh But uh, they uh, told me I needed to go see the clerk over at the window, uh, which is odd. I've never had anyone do this. And, by the way, when I do this in Plano, I have never had a problem getting through security with a camera, because you're absolutely allowed to film in the lobby. I mean, they're not proceedings. These judges up here in New Hampshire are just out of control, uh, saying that trying to restrict cameras in the parking lots and the – the lobbies of the courthouses and so forth and it's
0: happening all over the place it's happening in uh, Keene where we live it's happening in Milford which is where we were today i've heard it's happening out in Dover so out on the seacoast so all across the state this is going on and this was your rea- this was your first time seeing it happen in Milford so you'd you'd experienced it in Keene and uh, this definitely needs to change
1: Right, yeah. Well, actually, I've never been denied uh, in Keene, but we haven't gone to a trial yet. So this is actually my first trial in New Hampshire. And I was a little bit um, I, I'm new to all of the laws and stuff here. I don't have them memorized. I haven't read through all of the codes and things that I need to to start going after these guys. But I figured, well, if I can't quote them the law, at least I can make a lot of noise. Yeah, You, you certainly
0: nervous. did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> make this them is a little bit juicy.
1: nervous and keep them on edge.
0: Yeah. It was fun it's so funny today because today Sam was the only one who was yelling in court, like normally <laughs> normally the judge and the bailiffs are are more than willing to yell at somebody if they step out of line, but today it was Sam who was doing all the yelling and they were just sort of trying to do whatever they could to uh to to avoid the situation to quiet things down uh they They called the cops on him, but luckily, you didn't get arrested today Sam. hey Sam, could I call you Sam? you are?
1: I like Sam. I am.
2: (laughs) Well, you can say that.
1: (laughs) uh, So when they sent me over to the clerk, I'm like, okay, this is not going to uh, go the way the law says it should. So I got out my uh, contact sheet, and this is a simple thing. It just, I fill out my name, I fill out the county, the date. It's a way (laughs) to just document what happens. It has uh, lists of the bureaucrats' names. Uh, their titles and any comments and then general comments about the
0: day. I was, I was uh, in awe watching this comment sheet come out and watching their response to what you were doing. All yeah. you did was ask for their names, and they immediately started to shut down. And one lady wouldn't even give her first name. She told
1: me – no, she didn't. The first thing I did when I asked for her name, she looked at me just horrified, and she said – I'm not giving that to you, and turned to walk away, and I said, okay, is that what you want me to write down? I'm not giving that to you? And <laughs> I said, "Are you or are you refusing to identify yourself? Because that's a crime. And then they got a little nervous, and then the supervisor came over. Now, Sam,
0: hold on. Is that actually a crime? Was it a crime in Texas, and it it, it is for sure in New Hampshire? Or what's your certainty on that?
1: I, I don't know about New Hampshire. I would be amazed if somebody acting in capacity of you know, a government bureaucrat is not required to identify themselves when asked. Well, you know, by a even citizen. if it
0: even if it isn't a requirement, it's still fun to uh, to watch you essentially take the same position that the bureaucrats do. I mean, normally they just make crap up. They'll say, yeah. "Well, that's illegal for you to record me," and you know, blah blah blah, wherever it is that they are, and they're making that up. So even if it isn't true, it's just funny watching you essentially use their tactics back on them.
1: Yeah, so then when they tried to, they wouldn't come to the glass anymore, I stuck my mouth right up to the little hole in the plexiglass and started shouting, come over here right now and tell me your name. And they were horrified. So then they got the judge, they're like, oh, we can't handle this guy, we, we better send well, him to the Well, the clerk the came judge.
0: up, the, the clerk did come up, and she told you the other woman's first name, but she wouldn't give her last name.
1: Yeah, and she wouldn't give her last name either. The two of them would just give their first name.
0: Even though she's the clerk of the court and all you have to do is go to the Internet and you can find out her name, but she was still being conciliatory about it.
1: Right, absolutely. So they decide that we need to go have a hearing with the judge and we go, actually the two of us, because Ian, you had filed a motion right. letting them know. I filed
0: want- a motion this time. I'm just trying to play in their rules because they they claim to have these rules that if you just follow these rules then the media can get in. So is this possible? Well, they, they've denied me at every turn so far. I went in one time, tried to bring the camera in. They said, no, you don't have your press credentials. I came back with press credentials. They said, you're not the press. And, you know, this time around, I put in, and then the last time actually, I put in a motion for recording, which was denied. This time around, I put in a motion for freedom of the press. That way it was actually written down freedom of the press, and it came back denied, because apparently I was there too too close to the trial, was the claim of the judge. However, that's in direct contradiction to what happened last time, where it was a different judge at the same court, who allowed the Nashua Telegraph photographer to come in during the trial he came in put his motion in during the trial and was allowed to come in so there's no consistency whatsoever and they just they just make it up as they go along there is consistency and the consistency
1: is if you're one of the pro-state media organizations and you and you uh over the politicians and you tell them what they want to hear and you you frame the stories from their perspective they'll give you access to their courts on a moment's notice if you're not, however, then you don't get to come in and film because, you know, you, you have to agree with them in order to for them to uphold the rights they swore an oath to do.
0: You know, I even uh, in my motion, I even let them know that there were people in the media, and I, I listed some organizations that were considering filing charges against them, just to kind of throw a little shot across the bow. Like, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this. How about you just let us in with our cameras? But <laughs> apparently they want some charges to be filed, Sam.
1: I guess. Um so going in, you know, I didn't have the I tried to look these up in the car on the way out, um, but I could not find it. It was I think they're in the municipal court rules where it says they're to required to allow cameras in. So I knew that hearing with the judge was not going to result in any in any cameras getting in her courtroom and or the people's courtroom, I'm sorry. And uh so Instead, I just kind of tried to argue with her and throw her off and didn't let her finish her sentences and kept interrupting. And
0: It was amazing to me how the, you went in there and essentially were loud and in their face, and they did not like it one bit, but they didn't make a move on you. Yeah, they did call the cops, but oh, you... Oh, and that was after I threatened to call the police.
1: I yeah. said, if these people aren't <laughs> identifying me, I'm going to call the police. Oh, we'll call them, we'll call them, because... They don't want me being the complaining party at the courthouse, having the police come out, because when you when you call and complain, you become the victim, and the law affords the victim certain protections.
0: All right, we're and going to come back with they more. you
1: want to be the first one to
0: call. Sam, do you have uh, more time here? Sure. Hang on. More with Sam in moments here. 800 259 You can dial in if you were there today. There were about 25 people there today. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live, and or you can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the Seykel CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including... The updates. You get signed up and we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And if you go to freetalklive.com, you'll also find the Adult Friend Finder banner, the world's largest adult social network and sex personals over 19 million members. Let we'll them then help you find that sexy someone to hook up with tonight. The banner's at freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue with Sam, who is on the line in New Hampshire. Sam was out at Milford District Court today for the trial of activist Mike Barsky being being brought up on a number of different charges. And before the trial even had a chance to start, uh, there were some real fireworks that erupted up at the uh, at the clerk's window, basically, where you got into a a heated discussion with these bureaucrats. It ended up uh, transferring into the actual uh, courtroom where essentially you were yelling at the judge and you got away with it.
1: Well, before she even came out, I heard him in the back because, you know, this is what they do. They don't want you to see them public. The clerk basically goes around and says he won't he won't file the motion so we can deny it what do we do and uh i hear her saying that and i said i i yelled to the back room i'm not required to file a motion this is a right (laughs) before she even made it out the door so she had an idea of what she was walking into and uh what happened to you we went back and forth a few times discussing various issues of um the press and she said, "Oh, you had to you had to give notice." And I said, "And her reason was the court's inconvenience by, you know, the camera." And I said, "Well, what's in, what's more inconvenient? Me taking two minutes to set this camera up right here in the corner, or this hearing that's already taken ten minutes?" Right. <laughs> that and didn't no phase her. At. And so I think she eventually got tired of. Uh, oh no! No, what happened? I realized, okay, hold on. She invited us up to the uh, table because it was a hearing and it was on the record. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized, okay, this is a proceeding. Proceedings shall be open to the public. And there was nobody in the courtroom. It was only us two invited in. And again, just like last time with Jesse and uh, Charlie, they had the bailiff posted outside the door, not letting anyone in.
0: Was there There one outside the door? Because there was one inside the door. I know that.
1: When I opened the door, I hit him in the back
0: oh, with geez. the door.
1: And so I I went, I said, hold on just a minute, and I just walked away without <sighs> even letting the judge finish her sentence. And I pushed the door open, and I said, hey, anybody that wants to come in here and see uh, this lady deny the freedom of the press in her court, come on in, <laughs> because all proceedings are open to the public. Uh, well, the bailiff takes it upon himself to decide that, no, that's not the case, that he's only there to follow orders from the judge. Wrong. And uh, he refuses access, so he denied the public uh, access to this hearing that you and I were attended. Yes, it's a crime. Okay, he violated the law, and he just committed a misdemeanor. So and I there's audio
0: recording of that because they had their they should have had their mics on and open and recording that. So one, you might be able to actually get that from them.
1: Yeah, and I imagine there was an activist or two in the lobby that. Was recording that as well, and
0: and I'm so uh, you know I, I spaced out this morning. I did not bring my no, I didn't bring my press press pass, nor did I bring the audio recording device because it seems like they aren't having too big of an issue with audio recording devices. Though no one has really attempted to bring one in. I yeah, I don't think anyone has attempted to bring one into that court. So
1: yeah, and I forgot as well. So yeah. um, we'll be more anyway. prepared
0: next time. Well, a
3: cell exactly. phone with a big memory card would probably be enough for that.
0: Well, plus uh, that's true, and it didn't really cross my mind to uh, to do that. But there's going to be another opportunity coming up in about a month's time at uh, at Keene Court when Dave Ridley is arraigned for being arrested for recording in the court lobby in Keene Court. So there are people that are talking about doing a a, a camera disobedience either at that time or a little bit later when a couple of other activists are are, uh, on trial. So, so many opportunities to perfect this.
1: I think I would be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. so she eventually gets tired of me talking over her and so forth and tells me to, you know, leave. Um, so I stand outside. What happened? I think they opened the doors to the courtroom to let everybody in or something, and this was to, to start the trial. And so I, I'm i going to walk in with my camera, and the bailiff starts getting in my face again, and you can't come in here with that. You can't come in here with that. And then he pushes my camera, mm. oh, and wow. I, that's battery. And uh, he, you know, oh, you can't come in here. And so I just pick the camera up right there from the lobby, turn it on, start recording, and start <laughs> yelling your, the, at the judge that she's a tyrant.
3: Oh, and, yes. <laughs> Sam, you know, and, uh, I'm still convinced that the bureaucrats done in Texas all chipped in and bought your house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: surprised me. Yeah, I so think- I called her a tyrant a couple times, and she's screaming at the bailiffs, Tell shut the door, James, shut the door. And so they closed the doors as fast as they can. Oh,
2: it was amazing. And,
1: uh, then I went outside. I think Lauren and Jem were in the parking lot because she didn't want to go through security. I'm guessing mm-hmm. they held on to my camera. And uh, I went ahead and went back in, sat down, stared at the bureaucrats, made them feel uncomfortable, was whispering things to the cop who was sitting in the back row. Looked at him while he was on the stand, testifying, doing what I can to kind of throw him off, and caught the judge's eye and the court clerk's eye, and she got
0: up and left the room after that. (laughs) And then the bailiff goes and sits down in the clerk's chair. Just takes it easy. it I don't know what was going on with that. I've
1: never seen anything like that happen. Nervousness. uh, that was pretty much it. You know, the trial was going on, and then I had to leave to uh, get my dad off to the airport. Well, there was a little and, bit uh,
0: more to uh, to the story as far as what the judge. Because uh, after the trial was over, I went up and I was talking to the judge, and you know, she was very, very nice. And one of the things I noticed about this particular iteration of the court was that the bureaucrats were a little bit more, oh, I don't know, PR oriented than they normally are, a little more public relations oriented than they normally are. They were being much nicer. About their tyranny today, not to say they were being any less tyrannical, but they were certainly putting on a, a friendly face. So I had a chat with uh, the judge about. Well, she denied my motion for freedom of the press, and of course I agree with you, Sam, that people should just bring cameras in. But we're, you know, we're getting to the point where we've got See, enough people to force that as as a successful thing.
1: Yeah, and and here's the reason why freedom of the press is a right. It's in the. Uh the U.S. Constitution, it's in the New Hampshire Constitution. And if you have to go fill out a form, it's not a right, it's a privilege. Yeah. And they're trying to convert a right into a privilege. They're given purview over the courtroom proceedings to ensure an orderly process. But, I'm sorry, setting up a camera in the back of the room does not interfere with the not at process.
3: All. I, just and, just can't I just can't you know, believe this that they is see- a,
1: It's outrageous.
3: I'm sorry, I just I can't believe that they would say Ian is not the press. I mean, the guy's a syndicated radio talk show host <laughs> on 45 stations, and
0: yada, 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 and, and he's not the press? Well, you know what? There was a significant success today that really went mostly unnoticed, and yeah. that is that Jesse... Came in with a, co- a copy of the New Hampshire Constitution, and this is an interesting approach. He comes in with a copy of the New Hampshire Constitution, points to Article Four, which is like the right to conscience, and he goes up to the clerk's window. He says, uh, "Yeah, I I just wanted to let you know that I'll be wearing a hat in court, uh, you know, in court today." And he points out, you know, Article Four, or whatever. And they say, "Well, well, you're going to have to fill out a motion uh, to talk to to talk to the the clerk about this." And so so he starts filling out the motion. And then later, they come back, and they say, hats will be allowed in court today. So he never even finished the motion, and all of a sudden, they're allowing hats in, which they'd previously arrested Jesse for and threw him in a jail cell. So we're going to continue discussing the same. You can stay or go, hang on, we're going to put you on hold and see what he decides to do. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and uh, you can, of course, bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live.
1: Read Drop
4: Dead
5: Gorgeous, the debut horror novel by liberty-loving Irish author Wayne Simmons. Meet horror's new bad girls, and the chilling Paige Turner, hailed by David Moody, author of haters, as completely brilliant. Drop Dead Gorgeous is
2: available from Amazon.freetalklive.com and all other major online retailers. Go to dropdeaddoll.com now for more
5: details. Live free, then die.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 259 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can uh, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Just go to uh, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. Free, that's wiki, W-I-K-I, com. And the Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer in locations across the country. Chicago, Boston, Berkeley, Philly, D.C., and more. Participation is free, and the Institute for Humane Studies is even providing housing and meals. Now, they're offering seminars for people across the spectrum from those simply curious about the libertarian perspective. To those extremely passionate about liberty, the IHS offers career-oriented seminars in journalism, public policy, and film uh, film and production, as well as academia. These seminars provide career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures on topics relevant to each career path. You can go and get registered at LibertarianSeminars.com. The deadline is March 31st, LibertarianSeminars.com. Just continuing the recap of today's events... It was 1 o'clock in the afternoon, or actually I guess it was a little bit earlier than that when everything got started. The activists came from all over the state. Uh, the Liberty activists, of course we're talking about Free State Project members and, and New Hampshire natives as well, got uh, gathered together at Milford District Court, as they've done apparently a few times recently, because the state government people continue to target uh, activists, and continue to attempt to prosecute and the most victimless of crimes, and that's what was going on today. Mike Barsky was being put on trial for, you know, horrible, terrible crimes like having an open container, uh, having a gun unloaded in his car, really crimes, so called crimes with no victim. Speeding, I think, was one of the other ones. So there was a handful of things. And about two dozen activists showed up today, which was, in my opinion, fantastic. I mean, we've been able to pull two dozen activists for these recent trials and arraignments, whether it's been an arraignment, which is a very short occasion, or a trial – About two dozen people have been consistently coming out over the last three months, and I think that's some great progress because it used to be 5 to 15, somewhere in between there, and now it's really cranking up. That whole courtroom was almost full with activists. If we'd had another two dozen, we would have been in standing room only in that court today. And let me tell you it they know it, these bureaucrats realize that something is up, that something is changing, and this has probably never occurred before you know in the history of them running this court. certainly, uh we know that people wearing hats in court has never occurred before, and that was one of the major victories today, in my opinion, because we were there in that very same court. A few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago when Jesse and Charlie, another couple free staters, were being put on trial, one of them, Jesse, for wearing a hat in the courtroom. The judge at the time stopped the proceedings and interrupted to uh, to admonish Jesse for wearing the hat, to demand he explain himself. He attempted to explain himself. It wasn't a good enough explanation. She had him thrown in a jail cell for the afternoon. Then when the trial came about, uh they essentially gave him time served for the disobeying an order or whatever it was. So disorderly conduct was what the charge was he was brought up on. And today, Jesse went up to fill out this uh, motion to, to let them know he was going to be wearing hats in court. And they came back before he could even finish it, and they said hats will be allowed. So on one hand, a couple weeks ago, this very same judge was claiming that hats being allowed in the courtroom was destructive to the administration of justice. So, if hats being allowed in the courtroom is destructing to the administration of justice, then justice must have been destroyed today? No. The the court operated in its normal fashion. There were about three or maybe four people that wore hats into court today. They were all, everybody was fine. No one even mentioned it this time around. And the court managed to get through its business just fine with people wearing hats. I guess you'll have to substitute the word justice with the illusion of authority, maybe? Uh, it, it's,
3: yeah, but, I, but actually it was very smart of them today to do this. I would call it kind of the bend but don't break strategy where you, you give a little bit and then you establish some trust and goodwill and then people mm-hmm. tend to maybe not be as aggressive or as, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, just the, the, they're more likely to back off from you if you back off from them
0: a little bit. We would love to have them back off from us. I mean, if they would just leave people alone... If they wouldn't go after folks for nonviolent crimes, for, for crimes rather that are, that are consensual, that have no victim, then we would never be seen in their courtrooms. You know, if they would just stop arresting marijuana smokers, stop handing out speeding tickets, stop doing all this nonsense and really focus on catching the arsonists, the vandals, the murderers, the rapists, catching those people, they would never hear a peep from the liberty-oriented community. So hopefully that's what it'll get to. Hopefully they can bend themselves back to that point and start doing the right thing all the time. And thinking about the two basic laws,
3: and I tell people this a lot and they, they really like it. Is, I mean, the two basic laws are do all you've agreed to do and do not aggress against others or their property.
0: How yep. simple can
3: it be? Honor your
0: agreements and do no harm. So, so today we had a lot of people there, which was great. And it was in the middle of the business day, which is usually when I was on trial um, back in November. And this is just five, six months ago. When I was on trial back in November, five or, you know, 10 people showed up for that. And that's because it was in the middle of the day. And it's difficult to get there. I mean, these are liberty minded people are hardworking individuals. They are very entrepreneurial, they're very busy, they're very work oriented and a lot of people a lot of them have jobs and they have careers and things that they're focusing on during the daytime. So the fact that twenty five people were able to turn out in the middle of a business day for this trial was absolutely fantastic. Would you attribute that to new movers? At, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. New movers and the, the, the activity level has risen as well. The amount of targeting that the government has been doing against the activists has gone up, and so it's given people more opportunities to get out there and get active, and obviously they're finding that they, that they enjoy doing it because I'm seeing the same faces a lot of times over and over again, and each time there's usually one or two new faces that are showing up. So it's not going to be long, Wayne, before we do have 50 people Coming to any given trial or any given arraignment, 50 people showing up, and... After that, it's not going to be long before we have 25 to 50 people in any given area around that one courthouse. So you don't have to have people coming over from Manchester or the Seacoast or other places of the state to where the activists can already be in the area. So it's it'll be then more convenient uh, to attend things like this. I mean, it is growing to a point where it's really getting pretty exciting, and doubling the numbers will just do, I think, mind blowing things for this. It seems like it's happening throughout the United States too, because. as you know, for every
3: action comes an equal and opposite reaction. When people push against another group of people long enough, the other people push back, and hopefully it's peaceful. But uh, it kind of reminds me of the uh,
0: scene from Rambo when he says, uh, You do it for his blood, not me. <laughs> that was a pretty good movie. I actually watched it as an adult recently, and I like that. Rambo is definitely uh, somebody you don't want to mess with. And did, you see, did you see the one, I think it was two, from Afghanistan
3: when mm-hmm. at the very end they, they were talking about the gallant people of Afghanistan and now we're going in there
0: blowing them up, twenty years later. Mm. Toll-free number well, here. Not we but you know they yeah yeah eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So real quick uh, so after the trial was over I went up and talked to the judge to try to just get her to nail down their obscure rules because she had said that uh, that the reason I wasn't allowed was because I didn't have a legitimate press pass or I didn't have a uh, press pass at all. And also because I submitted the motion too close to the actual trial. Well, we know that she's inconsistent there because earlier at a, a different judge in the same court allowed a photographer in and he submitted his motion during the trial. So clearly they're inconsistent there. She would not nail down an actual time period just Earlier is better, right? So as soon as you allegedly find out about the trial, you're supposed to, as a member of the media, put in some motion. Of course, as Sam points out, if it's a right, you don't have to ask permission. You know, I think the people, these people, these bureaucrats, are afraid. And yes. One,
3: one thing that you can do is, is you have to let them see that you, you're no one to be afraid of and that you're peaceful and you're just there to make a point.
0: Well, I can tell you that I seemed like Mr. Reasonable Nice Guy compared to Sam, who was in there yelling, and it was just great. So, so, so you were the good cuff. Yeah, absolutely. The good liberty cuff. Yep. Uh, and so the, so the press pass, I wanted to know, okay, well, if you want me to have a press pass, what are the requirements? What, what makes the press pass a press pass? She said, well, it has to be legitimate. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be legitimate? She didn't really have an answer to that, and I said, so is it something where you'll know it when you see it? And she laughed about that. Oh, you mean like obscenity? Ha, ha, ha. And, you know, she was being very nice about being a little tyrant. 800-259-9231. So more activists can solve this problem because the more people we have, the more brainstorming happens, the more courage the the activists, uh, they get imbued with. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything if you dial the toll free number at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade? And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com, the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by heading over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Simple concept. You send in three bucks a month to the show. We take that, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations around the country bringing more internet listeners on board and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom plus you get perks like the amp only call in lines chat room forum and more get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com as we continue here uh, with your phone calls about whatever you want lynn is on the line in washington lynn you're on free talk live
6: well hello and thank you for your courage It takes a lot of courage to go in and stand up and say what you want to say. Um, I was wondering if you had heard about this report that just came out from the um, MIAC, the Missouri Information Analysis Center, Secret State Police Report, Ron Paul, Bob Barr, Chuck Baldwin, Libertarians are Terrorists, and I've got all the documents over at InfoWars.
3: well, I'm sure they scare a lot of uh, socialists and, and uh, tyrants out there, so they do strike terror in the hearts of those people.
6: Well, what they're trying to do is to, to skip what is really going on, what's really happening with the Constitution, and they're trying to blame it on the Muslims or other people. But anybody who's involved with the Libertarian Act or our party apparently is going to also be considered uh people of interest
0: well good you know if i wasn't already a person of interest uh then 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 i certainly should be on the list by now and i i hope they spend a whole lot of time looking at all of our propaganda and reading our ideas
6: they are mine because my computer is just all kinds of glitched right now because of all the research i'm doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) right well uh, thanks for bringing that up you know i hadn't heard about that it's very interesting and uh, any other thoughts tonight lynn
6: the only thing I can say is, is that it, this has to do with federalizing the police departments, and it's trickling all the way down. So we just—they've uh, got a little town here, and they've got surveillance cameras in the parks and all over the place. It's unbelievable. We've been chemtrailed trailed today about oh. ten times.
0: <laughs> Chemtrails, you went and you had to just kill all your credibility with the chemtrail things. Are you really somebody that believes that you're being poisoned from the skies, or do you believe that the chemtrails are mind control, or is it something else entirely? What what uh, conspiracy do you subscribe to?
6: I'm not sure that I can adhere to any one in particular. I can say that I've had experiences with... Uh, A lot of people I know with autoimmune systems after they've had the experience. But here's my question. What is it and why won't they say?
0: Uh, They're called contrails. And if you go and do a little bit of research, you can find out that they've been around for a long time and that these days jet engines are made differently, so the contrails act differently than they used to in the past. Uh, But
6: yesterday I had a real contrail.
0: A real okay. one. There and are different atmospheric different. conditions that can factor in here. I understand that it's really intriguing to believe that you're being poisoned from the skies or that there's mind control dust being sprayed all over the place, but uh, there's just no real evidence for that, and it makes you sound like kind of a crazy, po- uh, crazy pot. Really? Yeah. So take a look. He uh, doesn't believe in contrails, yeah, ma'am. I but. believe in contrails. I don't I believe in chemtrails. I can chemtrails.
6: see that, but here would, here would be my question then. Um since when i i 'm an, an older woman, so mm-hmm. maybe I am a little crazy, but oh I someone would say i 'm
0: crazy too, so just to be fair
6: <laughs> <laughs> and when I was young, there was a whole lot of different factors that were going on but the when kids came down with cancers, it was an anomaly we 'd have doctors from all over the world come.
0: Is possible that they didn't diagnose cancer as well back then, that uh, cancer might be a little easier to diagnose today? That's that's a possibility. There are an awful lot of possibilities. And correlation is not causation. So just because you happen to notice more contrails in the sky, that doesn't mean that it has anything to do with people getting more cancer. So you're going to have to do better than that one, Lynn.
6: I wish you luck then, because I think you ought to be looking into it
0: just a little nah, bit more. that's okay. I've looked into it, and it's a bunch of bunk. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I mean, how could I have not looked into it by now? There's all kinds of people that have called this show over the years, talking about, all oh, the chemtrails are spraying us, and it's either they're trying to control, oh, I forgot to control the weather. That's the third one. There's mind control, there's poisoning us, and then there's controlling the weather. And it's just, it's poppycock. There's no, there's just no evidence for it whatsoever. And even if it is true, even if it is true that they're doing those things, what are you gonna do about it? Hmm? Gonna go build yourself an underground bunker and stay there all the time? Yeah, I mean, realistically, if the government is behind spraying chemicals all over the place, then the solution is to eliminate the state. The solution is to you know secede or something like that. Take some significant action to do something about it instead of just uh, oh look at the skies,
3: scam chemtrails. Well, there's definitely a lot of theories on it, and I, I really don't know the answer to it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was what they're saying, but yet I have no
0: proof of that, so I don't purport to know. But uh, right. the, yeah. the absurdity of it, uh, Wayne. I mean, l- l- can we just look at one thing here? Bureaucrats. They are people. I mean, sometimes we don't want to think that they are because they act so inhumane toward their, uh, their fellow man. However, they do tend to have families. Now, bureaucrats do care. I think most of them care about their families. I've, uh, in my past, I had a, a girlfriend who was, whose mom was a, a bureaucrat, and, and she loved her family. And you know, the bureaucrats that I've been closer to in my life were people that did care about their families. So if the government is spraying chemicals, whether it's for mind control or whether it's to you know, poison people... Why would they do it to their own families, because their families are on that same earth that they're spraying, so right. I mean it just the the whole idea that they that the government would easily be able to just recruit people in to do something like this is is mind blowing number one, and number two, it just doesn't adhere to science when you actually take a look at uh the what a contrail is and you look at the jet engines and uh, the, you know you look at what actually is happening up there people are just you know they're just looking for something intriguing they're looking for something dangerous they want to they want to feel like they know something that you don't that there's something secretive going on and they've got the inside track on it and i'm sure there are a lot of secretive things going on on the uh, in the bowels of the authoritarian leviathan state but i don't know if that's one of them you know you never know uh, there's a lot of things going on that we don't know about, more than you even think one would know. But I don't have to worry about that, Wayne, because there are a lot of things going on that we do know about. We can point to story after story of people being abused by the state. We can point to uh, endless just endless reams of papers of stories of individuals having their homes raided by the police we can talk about brian travis who's a friend of ours here in new hampshire that had his horses stolen from him we can talk about the absurdity of taxes we can talk about the fiat dollar we can talk about all kinds of real concrete things that go to prove 100 percent that the the whole concept of government is it's anti-human it's anti-mankind it's anti-freedom we can we can just go through all of the motions as we do nightly on this show and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the pro-Liberty position is the sensible, logical one. And, And never, at any point, do we have to pull out any speculation about what might be going on behind the scenes. Are they developing some new alien spacecraft behind the scenes? Are they poisoning people from the skies? Is there a mind control ray? Are they controlling the weather? None of it matters a whit. It's a waste of time to even be talking about it. In fact, you know what, Wayne, I like? I like the conspiracy theory that says that the real conspiracy is that the you know the CIA and the government agencies are actually pla- planting these ludicrous ideas like chemtrails and stuff like that. And the Masons, the Illuminati, and all this intriguing, sort of sexy, uh, very very Hollywood-sounding storylines, putting all this stuff out there for people like uh, Lynn and everybody else that's looking for something special behind the scenes to find and scoop up and spend all their time on so they don't do anything productive toward the ideas of advanced freedom. I think that's a pretty solid conspiracy theory.
3: If I were them, I'd probably do that. Misinformation is an exactly. important part of, of manipulating the population. Exactly what it is. But why we, you
0: even know, focus on the misinformation when there's real concrete tyranny going on out in the open? Yeah,
3: well, that's true. I, that's a very good point, Ian, and I agree with you on that. But they are kind of fun to look into, though, aren't it
0: they? It can be fun to look into, but the problem the is dead when
3: aliens, man. I love the pictures of the dead aliens.
0: The problem is... It can be also debilitating because it's a rabbit hole that is that can grab hold of people and suck them in ever deeper into this unending just funnel of uh, you know this vortex, if you will, of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. There's never any end to it. I mean, once you think you've seen it all, then they say that well the people that are touting the conspiracy theories are conspiracy, you know, part of the conspiracy, and then it just keeps going on into the into the realm of madness. So. If you're going to look into this stuff, do it very carefully. 800-259-9231 and make sure you do something significant to actually change the world rather than just researching on the internet. Hour two's coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Bubba J in Alabama. Bubba J, you're on Free Talk Live. H- Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
7: Hi. Uh, you I heard y'all you, uh, you talking about horses the other day.
0: Yeah, we've uh, been talking about horses quite a bit this week. Uh, one of the Free State Project members uh, had his home raided, his property invaded by about a dozen police officers, several volunteers. They came in and essentially stole... 12 of his 30 horses, claiming that there were possible welfare issues with the horses, but it was clear that they weren't so interested in investigating the other horses that were running around the property just because they were a lazy bunch of bureaucrats and they didn't want to do any work. So it didn't seem like they were that concerned about welfare, and what it turned out was that it's really more likely just a vendetta against Brian Travis, the, uh, the man that was victimized in this case. Yeah, because, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah
7: two, that's what two happened. Years, two years ago, uh, the government stole a. Uh, Four of my horses, too.
2: Is
0: that
7: right? Yes. How'd that happen? Oh, it was about uh, three in the morning. Three in the morning, and they come with the trailers. Mm -hmm. And they took my three ponies and one uh, big horse. That's awful. What happened? But uh, uh, four days later, uh, I get a call from uh, the government president. Saying one of uh, his employees actually um, sexually molested one of my horses. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh, uh
7: huh, yeah. I actually got the that video of That sounds horrible. This. I got the video of this.
0: Yeah, did you get it online? Uh,
7: no, no, no. Did you no. watch
0: Equus? Have you seen no, the one, no, uh, have you seen no. the video of the guy that gets his, uh, essentially his internals ruptured and dies as a result of having sex with a horse? That one's crazy. No, 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 no. But you're hey, saying your you're, my you're saying your horse was molested. The horse didn't actually. Yes,
7: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Now ever since that happened, my pony is very depressed.
0: Yeah, that because, could really change someone's life. You know, I mean, that's tough.
7: Because uh, it's about um, thirteen inches.
0: Oh my goodness! I think that's about as far as we can go. And I thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Yeah. Fake call. Oh, it was good. It was kind of, kind of a good one, though. Yeah. I wasn't too shabby.
3: I, right away, when, as soon as he started talking, I thought, the come voice, on, come dude. On. Yeah, yeah, it's talking your real voice.
0: <laughs> I've done a million of those characters. Right. You, can do, you yeah. can do a better fake call if you don't sound fake. Like, yeah. if you sound like a real person telling a good fake story, then it's more, much more convincing. Yeah, there was kind of a punchline coming there with the... Yeah. The 13 inches, so. though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's far enough. All right. So we continue here and talk to Anthony in Florida. Anthony, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hi. Hey, um, I, w- I just had some reflections of, from the Liberty Forum.
0: It was a good time. The Liberty Forum, excellent. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. I know, Wayne, you were there for a little bit of it, and it was great, wasn't Friday. it? Right. Mary Ruart, uh, was terrific.
3: Finally got a chance to shake her hand. Uh, I, w- I saw some good pictures with Ian. Yeah. So what did
0: you think mm-hmm. about it, Anthony?
8: I really liked it. Um, I liked all the speakers and everything. But I don't know. It kind of made me rethink the whole coming to New Hampshire thing. Why is that? I don't know. It just I don't know. It just made me rethink it. I don't know why. It just hmm. did.
0: Well, most people rethink it and they decide they want to come sooner rather than later. What do you think it was? You don't you're not really sure. You can't put your finger on uh, what it was?
8: No, it was just something about the whole I don't the whole drinking thing.
0: The drinking thing. I don't understand. I'm not
8: really into that, you know.
0: Okay, I don't really understand what you're getting at. Are you suggesting that everyone in New Hampshire drinks?
8: You know, like, uh, how, like, a lot of people, like, they're, like, drinking stuff.
0: Yeah, a lot of people tend to drink, period, in the society we live in. I'm
8: just, just, uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like something... I wanted I want to be with, I don't know. I'm well, you shouldn't be confused. with people that, you
0: know, you shouldn't be with people that uh, you're not comfortable around. I mean, I don't I don't think you should. But, I mean, if if you, uh, you know, you want to find a nice book study club or something like that, and uh, I'm sure there are people in New Hampshire that don't drink. Uh, I yeah, don't I know very I'm many of them, but a, there are people out here.
8: Yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I just want, I'm just still undecided about it. I'm
0: That's fine. Can I ask curious. how old you are, just out of curiosity?
8: 18.
0: Okay. So have you ever had a drink before?
8: No, because I can't drink. Why is that? I have I have epilepsy.
0: Oh, my goodness. And, yeah.
8: Yeah, I can't take, I can't drink with my pills. That wouldn't go too good.
0: Right, and so you, you don't feel like uh, when other people are around drinking that you really fit in because they're drinking and that's sort of a culture that you you can't be a part of and so you feel kind of left out?
8: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, there is no doubt that the Liberty Forum is a festive atmosphere, but I mean, certainly during the daytime, people aren't drinking; they're enjoying yeah. the the you know the various different speakers and the panel discussions. Were you uh, Were you also turned off by any of that?
8: No, I had fun. It was a good time.
0: Okay, well, I don't mind
8: people drinking around me. It's just that I don't know. It just. I'm just still undecided.
0: Did it? Did the uh, the smell of marijuana smoke bother you too? Because that was in the, uh, the 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 elevators and the second, third, and sixth floors.
8: It didn't really bother me.
0: No, no, that doesn't bug you. So drinking no. bad little marijuana smoke not a problem. No. Okay.
8: I just didn't. Just didn't.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for the call tonight, and I wish you good luck in your decision. 800-259-9231. You know, when you're at the Liberty Forum, there are certain people that are, um, I don't know, less than sociable. And in any liberty-oriented event, there are always going to be those people. And, in fact, I myself was less than sociable in my past. I've had to I, – I was an introvert a long time ago, and I've had to work at, at becoming more extroverted. So it's something that people – Can really take some time to to change about themselves and when you're 18 years old you are probably just not even out of mom's house yet in many cases and you're not really in the real world yet you have probably haven't had a a whole lot of opportunities to uh to develop those things or it doesn't sound like at least anthony has had or or, or if he has he's he's felt uncomfortable because he can't drink because of a, a physical condition and i can see how that would feel unusual to someone or or make you make one feel reticent about being around that because you just it's just something you just can't relate to people on at the same time, I think there are a lot of people that have the ability to be around people that are drinking and enjoy themselves. I think there are people that drink and have fun. And I think there are people that drink and get angry. So it really depends on who you're surrounding yourself with. How far overboard do they go? And having been, uh, at the Liberty Forum this past weekend and at the nighttime, uh, parties, I can say there were very few people that went overboard. Of the people that were drinking, it seemed like most people had it under control. There were, there's always going to be the handful of people that goes overboard in any, group, the size that we were with, maybe, what, uh, three, four hundred people there at any given point in time? People
3: a- learn very quickly not to drink too much, because gonna, their picture's going to be on the internet yeah. with
0: 50 beer cans stacked on their heads. <laughs> like last year.
3: <laughs> I think yeah. Keith did that last year. Yeah, we did that with Keith. But, you know, I hardly ever see you drink, Ian. And I, I, I had think, some drinks this weekend. Well, I mean, I, but I hardly ever see you drink in general. But what I mean is, when people go to the Liberty Forum, a lot of people who hardly ever drink, including myself, sometimes will have one or two, just because... It's a, it's an event that you, it's worthy of drinking. It's it's fun. It's uh, It doesn't happen very often. And as long as you don't overdo it, then drinking, in my opinion, is okay. And my wife would beg to differ with, with me on that. But that's how I feel about it. I stop it, too. I, I have two beers or two glasses of wine. I'm done for the night.
0: You know, there's a place in this movement, Wayne, for somebody who isn't really sociable, who isn't interested in being in those social situations. There's a lot of socializing that goes on within the Free State Project, within the Liberty Movement in New Hampshire. There are weekly social gatherings where... Drinking goes on, uh, but people are enjoying one another's company, and they're socializing with one another. And, you know, that's just something that happens in American society. But there are people that they're just not comfortable with that. And they, for whatever the reason is, they're just not comfortable with those activities. But there's a place for that, uh, those kinds of people in, in an activist movement because it's those kind of people that do a great job at, you know, building a website or, or they, they might do a great job writing a letter to the editor or, or something else. One of those behind the scenes activism things where you don't have to be out on front street holding signs or socializing with people or networking or, or doing any of that. You can be a total introvert and, you know, sit in your, uh, your study and spend all your time there and go meet a book club or something like that or, or sew, so, sew so with some ladies. You know, there are all kinds of different things that, that more introverted people i think can do and if what you're saying is that well i don't want to get involved with the most exciting liberty movement of all time because there are people that socialize involving alcohol i think you're cutting your nose off to spite your face i mean franklin had a lot of bad habits too i understand (laughs) i don't know if they were introverted more on the way here (laughs) 800-259-9231 you can bring up whatever you want it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including the Shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Free. At shrine.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. And, guys, buy the naughty schoolgirl school outfit for your girlfriend. You that's, won't be sorry. That's AdamEve.com. Is that a testimonial, Wayne? Uh, I can't say. Okay. So so just a few more thoughts here uh, because we were discussing during the break the the last call from Anthony down in Florida. He was talking about the Liberty Forum, which I thought was a fantastic event. Everything that I've heard from everyone up until Anthony was very, very positive about the Liberty Forum, and he was saying that, yeah, he's not so sure about this whole moving to New Hampshire thing because people drink there, or people within the Liberty Movement drink well, some people have a judgment about that. Maybe he's brought up as a
3: strict Baptist. Uh, we we don't know.
0: Well, he said he's got a um a physical ailment. He he he, you know, he poss- possibly could have, start a seizure if if he has alcohol. So, <laughs> you know, that's certainly something he wants to avoid personally, and I I completely respect that. But you know something, if you're not
3: drinking and everybody else is, they kind of they they kind of look like a bunch of jerks unless you're drinking too. Do you ever notice that they
0: look like jerks? I
3: don't know. Well, I don't know. It, it, I've I've been in situations. Drunk right? people can be loud. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I think if you don't drink or you can't drink for some reason, you're someplace where somebody's having a good time and they're loose and everything. Uh, I, so I've, I've felt uncomfortable certain situations where I, I was training or something. and I didn't want to drink, and and everybody else was. I didn't enjoy myself.
0: I can see how that that could be. I mean, having having been someone who up until recently did not drink, I for a number of years of my adult life just stopped and didn't drink because i i really didn't know how to drink responsibly when i was younger i had no idea what what that even meant i mean to me you drank to get drunk and boy did i right that's what happened and it usually didn't it end up ended up not resulting in positive things right did your parents drink at all no not at all um once in a while my mom would have a glass of wine like once a year with a, a special dinner or something like that but that was about the extent of it See, my—I was really happy. My
3: grandfather, my Italian grandfather, when we would have dinner at his house, even when I was a little kid, they just pour me a little, little tiny glass with just a little bit of wine in it, just for me to sip and just to have, so that I didn't think it was some kind of novelty or something. And it tasted terrible to me, so I never really—Yeah,
0: who wants that as a kid? Yeah, right?
3: never wanted yeah. it. So I think that's probably a better strategy. Now my wife has the opposite strategy, the prohibition strategy. Oh boy, that's not going to work out. Which I'm going to have to take my son out and give him half a beer here and there <laughs> and wean him on it slowly. She's not listening, right? Well, she is. I'm going to get in trouble okay. when I go home. <laughs> Wayne's on the couch tonight. <laughs> or in the basement with the dogs. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so yeah, drinking, uh, a lot of people do it. It's a reality in the American society. I did finally learn from Julia how to drink responsibly, and since then I've been having a good time with it. You know, I uh, the, my max is three beers. If I've had three, that's that's I'm cut off uh, because... At the uh, the Liberty Forum, I had three on Saturday night. You and must have been bombed. <laughs> I wasn't bombed, but, but it was to the point where like I was just to the point where I'd had enough because uh, I was on the third floor and I wanted to, to go back to my room on the second floor. I got up into the stairwell and realized I'd hit the fourth floor, and I realized, okay, I've definitely had enough. Time to go back down. So it's not like I was running into walls or anything like that, but my sense of direction was a little screwy. I walked into a lady's room by, by accident one time. I heard, <laughs> I heard <all> <laughs> Come on now, Wayne. Yeah, accident. I just
3: staggered. No, I didn't. My friend put his hand over the door. Oh, nice.
0: (laughs) Nice. So I got him back. What'd you do? I did the same thing to him the next time he got drunk. Really? And it worked? And it worked. Smooth. Yeah. So 1-800-259-9231. Maybe you want to comment on the whole uh, drinking slash socializing thing. We were talking during the break about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. Can you refresh? Because uh, uh, the audience didn't hear, didn't hear that.
3: Concert. Yes. Um, Ian had mentioned in the last uh, segment that uh, he is naturally, he was Introverted, And that he had to uh, come out of it. He had to make an effort to be more sociable, to interact with people more, because if left to his own devices, he'd probably be home or he'd be on his computer yeah. and not talking to anybody because that's easier and safer. But uh, when you can step outside of your comfort zone... You will grow. You will uh, have a lot of new rich experiences. You will see a lot of places and things you've never seen before. I actually became an actor because I was very introverted growing up. My brother, my younger brother, was the gregarious, outgoing one
0: who was mm-hmm. popular and a little nuts, but you know. Were you a little, little jealous of him? Was that your motivation because he was so popular, like with the ladies or whatever? That... Well, I, I mean, we both didn't have any trouble in that regard. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, I was good. just
3: more the introverted. Uh, one and i wanted to be more like him and i don't think i was so you saw some benefit but i saw saw some benefit i mean he went too far i mean he went too far with that but (laughs) but i i saw balance there and so that's one reason why i got into acting and and because i really wanted to i knew that to be where i wanted to be in my life i had to be more extroverted I had to explore that part of myself. So I just would take steps, half a step outside my comfort zone and stretch and stretch That's and stretch. That's all you can do. You can't do anything uh, greater than that. You and then really you have can't. to keep and you have to keep it up because if you go back into the safe place again, then you will start to uh contract again. So mm-hmm. it, it's a constant uh, effort to uh to keep growing and to keep um relating with people at a at a higher level.
0: And there's no better place I don't think for somebody who loves liberty to to try that approach to uh to, to actually step outside of their comfort zone because there's so much going on here i mean when you're a liberty-oriented individual and you're an introvert and you're living somewhere else besides new hampshire it's easy to stay by yourself and do nothing because or when i say do nothing i mean like you know internet things and stuff like that not actual going out and and physically appearing somewhere to to engage in activism because there's nothing going on i mean back in sarasota it was a kind of a running joke that Ian was a hermit. Well, here, I'm, I've am i been out so much, Wayne, I haven't been getting work done. So, <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, it's so different here, but but there's just so much to choose from. If you want to be an introvert, you still can. No one's going to stop you from that. But if you want to grow, if you want to explore those new areas in life, and that is stepping outside of your boundaries, there are great opportunities for it here, not just for, in the meeting people area, but also in the activism area and the non-cooperation and, and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, I agree. And you know, since I've known you, Ian, I think you you have been more extroverted. You're warmer. You, uh, you, your personality is really blossoming because I think you do get out and see people more. And I think the cold weather actually is, is a benefit for that. Because, really? Yeah. You know In Sarasota, where you were, were before, I lived there for a while, too, is that you're cooped up indoors more because it's hot outside most of the time. And you'll find that you actually don't get out as much because you go from an air-conditioned house to an air-conditioned car to an air-conditioned office or store or whatever. And and I think there's less opportunities in many cases for social interaction. Whereas when you're in a cold climate, you you can find a quarter, so you tend to go places and, and you know you go to these small places where you have to be right in somebody's face mm-hmm. more. And and I think that um, uh, the people up here, when you get to know them, can be very warm and pleasant and. But it's a different lifestyle up here, but I, I like it. I grew up in New England, and I do like the Four Seasons.
0: I think it's great. I, I haven't regretted it one bit, and I, it's interesting they make those observations because I'm not, obviously not on the outside, so I can't really observe that about myself necessarily, although I certainly know that I have changed even over the, the two-and-a-half years that I've been here in New Hampshire and I think it's all been, I think it's all been positive and it's great being around the, this, these people and it's great having so much to do but if, if you think it's uncomfortable and you, you, know, you don't want to go into these situations stay where you are stay in your comfort zones it's up to you 800-259-9231 you could can, can be happy in your comfort zones there's no doubt about that That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. You can be happy wherever you are. It's all up to you to make that choice. It's Free Talk Live.
1: This program is
6: brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, features including the live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And our friends at SACL CAI have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your phone calls, Mike is on the line in New Hampshire. On the Ampline. Hey, hey, it's Mike Barsky. Hey, Mike. Yeah.
2: How By the way, doing?
0: you know what, Mike? I'm sorry. We, we were so distracted with all of the things that happened at your trial today. We forgot to say what happened with your trial today. So Perfect. You get <laughs> to call in and <laughs> I, tell us firsthand. Right. Well, I know you were calling for a different reason, but do you mind recapping what actually happened to you? Because we covered everything else.
9: All well, right. Actually, everything else was far more important for the purpose of liberty, especially what Jesse did. That was just fantastic. Yeah, you covered what Jesse did with the hat, right?
0: Yes, they allowed hats into the courtroom this time after yeah. they'd arrested him for it two weeks ago.
9: Right. It's just ridiculous and and an arbitrary yep. Uh, cost by government. It's just it's just pathetic. Uh, not much happened to me. I mean, they dropped two charges of the six um, because they on one they knew they didn't have a case, um, and the other because. I had already fixed whatever problem they were citing me for. Mm-hmm. The other four charges, they found me guilty, even though I uh, clearly found contradictions in the cop's testimony giving to twice, giving beyond reasonable doubt, yet the judge didn't think so. So they found me guilty. Then in my closing statement, I said, all of these are victimless crimes. There's no victim but me. If you uh, assess a fine, I'm not going to pay it. And then the judge assessed, a fine and a jail term, both of which were already satisfied or suspended, so I walked out free.
0: But well, and, okay. the, and there was a jail term of like 40-something days that is suspended right. for, was it a year of uh, so-called good behavior? Yeah, one year. Now, uh, so so one of the other things I wanted to point out about, and by the way, it was a great closing statement. I thought that was, uh, that was awesome. And Thank you. I thought you did that's a Probably
9: That's probably the only thing I did, you know, liberty-wise, other than, you know, try and defend myself actually stated to the judge and to the court and the bailiffs and whomever else was listening, and hopefully videos will get out, that these are victimless crimes that they're assaulting. Actually, one one other good thing happened from that. The judge kind of like left character and and left the trial for a moment and actually asked me what my philosophy was. She she said during the trial, she said, "Um, so do you think, Michael, that or Mr. Barsky or whatever, that um, if there was no victim, there is no crime? And I said, yes, that's correct. And yep. you know that had nothing to do with the trial but I think wow she was actually curious.
0: Yeah, it was is it 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 she was being somewhat nice. I mean she was still being a tyrant today but she yeah. was at least being nice uh about it. And Correct. so Goodwin was going to say that the, these
3: people have to know that that if they were in trouble by a real criminal we would all come to their aid. But yeah. the problem is there are so damn many laws that nobody knows what they are anymore. This whole thing, bloat at every level of government and society, is just beyond recognition now. We have to trim all
0: this stuff back and start over from the basics if we want to have a functional society. Right. So, um, so let's see. Well, the other point I wanted to make was, uh, the, so this judge was she was being relatively nice to you, and you, uh, you. you you came out of it with this sentence of time served, basically. There was the suspended sentence as well, but for, for a lot of it was, well, you already spent six days in jail, so time served, guilty. If they were to found you not guilty, then those six days in jail would have been something you could have take, taken action on to where that was wrongful imprisonment. I mean, if he was not guilty of all of these crimes, uh, that would have been wrongful uh. imprisonment. So they, they essentially have to find you guilty. In order to 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 keep their system seeming somewhat legitimate,
9: uh, or just to cover their butts. It's ironic because I am not one to use the state's aggression against anyone else, even the state. So I wouldn't have sued him for wrongful imprisonment. I would have been pissed, but I wouldn't have pursued it.
0: Does that mean it you will not be appealing?
9: Uh, actually, there, I'm not sure. There's a good reason to appeal. Would be to to make the point that. Uh, all of these are victimless char- victimless crimes in front of a jury, Yeah, but it, it would be at the cost of if they find me guilty, I might get a harsher sentence. So I'm not sure it's worth it to me to do that.
0: Is that true? I didn't realize that. That's interesting.
9: Well, yeah, The if they found me guilty again, it's not. it would be a different judge, and he or she may not give me the same sentence. They mm. might give me the full year or not suspended 45 days or whatever. So I'm not sure I'm willing to take that risk just to take 12 people on a jury and make the point that, these are victimless.
0: Uh, plus, you've also got something coming up that you could possibly appeal with, perhaps a little bit more success, and that is uh, going to be the Freedom Fest thing. The people of the Keene government people are attacking you for organizing what was the best Keene Freedom Fest ever. Uh, it was last October. You put it together. It was brilliant. Uh, there were musical uh, performers. There were tables, outreach tables, food vendors. It was a great time. People got together and and had and enjoyed themselves on a Saturday morning here in Keene. And they came after you for it, charging you with, and if I've got this, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically charging you with assembly without a permit.
9: That's precisely correct.
0: And is, that's a violation, is it not?
9: It is only a violation. That is also correct.
0: So meaning it's not a misdemeanor that the worst that can come out of this is some sort of fine, which obviously you aren't interested in paying. So that's also correct. Yes. Right. So they're, they're going after you on this Freedom Fest thing. That's going to be happening. The trial for that is on May 1st. And so I guess my question for you is, uh, Mike, are you going to organize the next Freedom Fest, or is that somebody else uh, this time?
9: (laughs) I am definitely going to participate. I think it's a fun event and a worthwhile event. Uh, You know, there's been suggestions that we do it communist style and everyone or no one organizes, but I have no problem organizing it again. I I, I didn't do anything wrong.
0: You uh, you are a courageous, heroic man, Mike Barsky. Uh, KeenFreedomFest.com is the website you put together for people that want to take a look at that. But none of this was the the reason you were calling. You were actually calling to comment on the, uh, the kind of the conversation we were having about being extroverted versus introverted. And so go ahead.
9: Right. There was a previous caller uh, tonight who – I think his name was Anthony, and he was calling because he was uh, disturbed that there was so much alcohol intake at, or that he discovered at the Liberty Forum, and that's why he was rethinking moving to New Hampshire. Yes. And I, when I was at the Liberty Forum in the evenings, I met a guy named Anthony who might have been this guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, he basically was um, – seemed very shy to me. He, You know, I introduced myself to him, and then when I saw him numerous times throughout the next two evenings, he was always leaning against the wall or in the back and – you know, there's a group of people standing right in front of him talking, and he didn't introduce himself. And I'm not saying he's bad or that that is bad, but I think it's a factor in what, what he likes or dislikes about people drinking. He might be just shy in general, mm-hmm. or he might be shy around people who drink. But I can also, if he's listening, I can also tell him that I hardly ever drink. And I know two friends here in the movement in New Hampshire that do not drink. And we all go to the social events, and we have a good time. Uh, also, the people of, you know, I know maybe 150 people here, and Most of them drink, and of those that do like alcohol, none of them are drunk all the time. It's just a social activity. It's just not that big of a deal.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of one of the points I was making is there are people that'll come and they'll have uh, a soda or they'll have a water or something like that when people get together and they have a social event that primarily does involve alcohol. There are generally people there who, like you, Mike, are just not participating in that aspect, but they don't have any problem socializing. You know, not, right. ha- not having a alcoholic drink in your hand doesn't prevent you from being sociable with people that do. So I think you're right. I think it is just a general shyness issue. And that is a tough one to overcome. It really is. Well, you mentioned that it he had medication. You so mentioned what? He, that he had medication he took that
3: pre- precluded him from drinking. And maybe that that's part of it, too. Maybe if he had a drink or half a drink, he'd loosen up a little bit. Maybe he'd be a little more extroverted as well. Right. What do you think, Mike?
9: Uh, I think that's certainly a possibility, but I'm not even going to suggest it to him. If he doesn't want to drink, don't drink. I just sure. would suggest to him that he rethink that being the reason that he doesn't move here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't suggest that uh, somebody lube up uh, and drink something in order to become more gregarious or more vociferous. I would suggest that they make a concerted effort to learn about... Being interested in other people. You know, go and pick up Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It'll change your life as somebody who's, you know, an introvert. Uh, and then learn how to ask people questions. You, really, being a good uh, socializing, being effective at socializing is learning how to ask questions and learning how to listen yeah. to people more than it is to Definitely. blabbing on about yourself. Right. Thanks, Mike, for the call tonight. I appreciate your input. Thanks for the show. Yep. Because the fact about people is, it's, and this is a fact almost across the board, is that people for the most part, love to talk about themselves. So all you have to do is learn how to ask people questions, like how do you feel, etc. We can get back into that more. Coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include, oh, I don't know, archives, whole year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. You know, if you like the show and you want to help support free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Freetalk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Tim is in New Hampshire. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Tim, what's on your mind tonight?
10: Well, I had an interesting day today. Okay. I I was down at the police station, and uh, one of the officers told me that he had a warrant for my arrest.
0: Why were you down at the police station in the first place?
10: Well, I was there uh, to be booked. Um, it was a judge's order. Uh, it was a condition of bail. I was actually being, I had been uh, accused of something else. Hmm um but um but anyway he uh, accused me of uh receiving stolen property oh dear and so i asked him you know well what property is it that you're accusing me of of uh having received and he said it was a couple pistol frames and uh you know they had um they had searched my home and and taken all my firearms and <laughs> and uh, ammunition and a bunch of firearms parts last year.
2: Mm -hmm.
10: And uh, so apparently they decided that uh, they thought, or at least they claimed, that um, two of the frames that they took from my home uh, were stolen. And I discovered uh, that at least one of them, uh, I believe both of them, are frames that I had made myself I had machined them, you know, they started their lives as, uh, as just one is a chunk of steel and one is a chunk of aluminum, and uh, using a friend's uh, milling machine, I uh, machined them into uh, firearm
0: frames. So how did they determine that these frames that you hand-made were stolen?
10: I'm not sure. Um, I made them so that they would actually be compatible with a lot of parts from uh, from a certain manufacturer. hmm um, and they claimed that uh, that that manufacturer had reported uh, some pistol frames uh, stolen. Um,
3: well, are uh, serial numbers
0: on there to justify that?
10: No, there are no serial numbers or maker's marks or anything like that. Uh, I hadn't quite finished them yet.
0: Are these guys after you? I mean, are they they've got something. They've got it in for you.
10: I, I think they probably do. Um, you know, a few years back, I had filed a complaint uh, with the attorney general's office uh, because oh boy. The chief. Um, had been uh, blatantly breaking the law, and you know, mm-hmm. even after I pointed out to him, he uh, he said, "I don't care what the law says. <laughs> uh, you're going to follow my rules."
0: Of course, typical and, tyrant.
10: Yeah. So, so I contacted an attorney who who uh, then explained to him that you know that he needed to follow the law, um, and and it didn't seem to have an immediate effect. So I went ahead and filed a complaint with the Attorney General's office, and. And then eventually, uh, he started complying with the law. Hmm. Um, but but uh, then
0: you got targeted. I, I believe so. Well, it uh, figures. I, I mean, it's just so common that that's the first thing I jump to. It just it just makes sense. What was that uh, the reason why they came and raided your house and confiscated a bunch of things in the first place?
10: Uh, well, they had, the first time when they when they went into my house and, and searched uh, and searched and took all my property or all my firearms and ammunition and stuff, they. Uh, they actually showed up with a um, order of protection um, that uh, had been taken out uh, against me. It was a temporary ex parte order. Um, so, I mean, they had a legitimate reason legally for for taking my firearms.
0: Hmm. Um, was this so your I, wife that uh, that put that order of protection out?
10: Yeah, yeah. She had she had actually left me um, last year, and and uh, after. Uh, after I had tried to uh get her and my kids to come back um the person that she was living with um uh told uh, told her that um somebody had had told him that I had done something uh, to one of my children oh dear and um you know but uh anyway the uh when I finally got a hearing, the judge threw out the uh, the order of protection he said that she had given him no basis on which to issue an order and
0: but they didn't give you your firearms back?
10: Right. Um, they they said I need to get a, a court order telling them that they have
0: to return them before they'll return them. What a scam. Yeah. And um, so then they've hoked around and they determined that a couple of them were allegedly stolen, and you're saying you manufactured those from hand, uh, by hand. So did they arrest you for that? I mean, you're talking to us right now. You're not calling from a jail cell, I presume.
10: Right. Yeah, Yeah. they, uh, they arrested me and brought me to the courthouse, and I had a, a little uh, bail thing where I had to fill out some paperwork and, and, um, uh, you know, promise to show up in court. And, uh, and so, so I, uh, uh, you know, after I was done with that, they, they brought me back and I was able to go home. Um, but,
0: uh, wow. That's just outrageous. I mean, it's just the whole receiving stolen property. Crime, so-called crime alone, bugs me, because how are you supposed to know? I mean, if you'd gone to a gun show, for instance, and someone had sold you those two things, that, that, let's presume you didn't manufacture them by hand and that you would actually purchased them, how, is it, how can it possibly be the consumer's responsibility to ascertain whether or not a product that is being sold to them is stolen?
10: Right. I mean there's there's no way they can prove it and I can actually I can prove that it's not stolen and that I made it myself. But uh Well, so
0: then it should be a a closed case, but nonetheless your time shouldn't be wasted with this. I mean, you've got better things to do with your life than keep defending yourself in courtroom trials where they continue to try to throw you in a jail cell.
10: Certainly. Um you know, I mean I, I'm already I'm, you know, I've already been uh what I was being booked for was was uh, a couple of felonies that I was accused of. Uh, which, as far as I know, they have no um uh you know they're things that i didn't do, and you know as far as I know, they don't have anything as far as evidence goes you know other than just uh accusations um you know but uh, unfortunately i got i got maligned in the press uh even <laughs> the newspapers couldn't get the story straight uh as far as what the accusations were and um and the police lied to the uh to the reporters. Uh, gave them some false information. Typical. You know, so It's been difficult. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to try to keep on keeping on and do the right thing, and hopefully this will uh, all get straightened out.
0: Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you for the call and and the story tonight. And I'm sorry to hear about the, the continued harassment. And, unfortunately, it's just a reality. I mean, people people think they can play the political game and be safe, but if you stick your head up too high, even in the political realm... There's a chance they'll go after you. I mean, in this case, he was just saying, hey, you need to follow your own laws. He he pointed out where the police chief was breaking their own rules and he made it public. And as a result of him making himself visible in that way, the state came after him, just like the state came after Brian Travis and his family earlier this week when his horses were uh, when his wife's horses were stolen because he'd stuck his his head up above water and essentially said, hey, I'm somebody who you can't push around. I'm not going to obey like most people. I'm going to record you or that's what his son was doing. His son was recording one of the cops while he was on his own property. His son was on his son being on that property, not the cop. The cop was out on the road. So the son was recording. Cooper was recording the cop. Cop arrested him for it. And so the fact that they didn't just back down, the fact that they didn't just let them in and let them search and let them do whatever it is they wanted to do is why they've been targeted. And you know what? In some of the comments on the story, which have been has been big in the news up here in New Hampshire recently, this uh, a listener of ours who had his horses stolen, in the comments area, some people will say as much. They will say things like, Well, if you'd just done what they wanted you to do, none of this would have happened. Well, duh, that's the big problem is the problem is these government people come around and they make whatever demands they want to make about what you need to do for your uh, to make them happy with how you're living your life and how you're taking care of your property or whatever the issue might be. You have to jump through whatever hoops they say to jump through. Or else. And we all know inherently that there's that or else out there. They don't always say or else. They don't always tell you what's going to happen. But everybody knows that behind every government program, behind every government demand, there's always that inherent threat of force, that threat of violence being used against your life and your freedom. Yeah, the gun in the room. Yeah, and we're all well aware of it, and now people are finally saying, no more of this. I've had it, and I'm not going to put up with it all anymore. I'm going to start disobeying just a little bit here and there, and even just a little bit of disobedience sends these people into a fit of rage. They are not used to people disobeying. They're not used to people uh, going against their policies and standing up and being verbal about it and being upfront about it. Rage and revenge. I've been to Brian's place before, and my
3: wife is a horse person, and mm-hmm. we, I was very impressed with how well they had taken care of the horses considering they had to bring all those horses over from from uh, Colorado yep. and house them and put shelters up for them. And And I know that his wife is uh, cares for those horses very much.
2: She
0: loves those horses. That's all that I've heard from anybody that's been there is that the horses have been taken care of just fine. They're doing great. And the government is absolutely out of control, and it's time people started saying no. We need more people saying no. Hour three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll free number at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. Dot com. So, I said we were going to focus a little bit more on the Liberty Forum because, well, it was a great event. And that's where we were a week ago, actually. So it's already been an entire week since the first night of the Liberty Forum. It was a great time. It happened from Thursday through Sunday last weekend. Uh, last weekend and we were both there, and uh, Free Talk Live was there broadcasting live every single night. We had a great time, had a bunch of great guests on the show, and a lot of our listeners were there. And, and an incredible amount of Free Talk Live listeners showed up to this. In fact, one of our listeners wrote an article which, instead of us just gushing about the forum, let's look at what somebody who had never been to a Free State Project event before thought about it. His name is Sandor Blessman, and that's his pen name, I believe. His uh, his real name, I don't know if I can reveal. But does he, he say where he's from? He does say where he was from. And uh, The story is from AmericanChronicle.com, and here it is. He says, I had the good fortune to be able to spend the weekend of March 5th through the 8th of 2009 attending the Liberty Forum in Nashua, New Hampshire, which was put on by the Free State Project. And I should interject here, the Free State Project is a movement of thousands of liberty-loving individuals, all coalescing, all concentrating in the same geographic location and that is New Hampshire. It's a great idea. We're, we're all moving here in order to get active for liberty. And so the, the Liberty Forum is a, essentially a showcase of what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. And here we continue with uh, Mr. Blessman. He says, To say I was energized and excited by the happenings there would be an understatement. I felt welcomed, accepted, and embraced by all those in attendance. Never before in my life have I experienced so many people that felt the same way about freedom as I do all gathered together in the same place. I drove from the Chicago area to Nashua to attend this event. The total drive time was a little over 17 hours one way. I would have flown, but I didn't want to put up with the TSA and all their dictates. Sorry, but I want to be able to keep my shoes on and drink bottled water when I travel. I could have taken a train, but I didn't. I wanted to drive. It'd been a long time since I'd taken a road trip, and the forum made it worth the trip. I could talk about the Liberty Luminaries that gave their speeches. I could talk about how great it was to hear these personalities in person. I could talk about the individual speeches by people like Adam Kokesh from Iraq Veterans Against the War and how great and emotional his presentation was. I could talk about how awed I was to be in the presence of Dr. Mary Ruard, one of my personal heroes. Did you get a chance to meet her? Wait. I did, I did. She's great, isn't she? Fantastic. And how exciting it was to be able to speak to her one-on-one, even if it was for just ten minutes. I could talk about how inspiring it was to listen to Will Buchanan tell of his adventures on his Walk for Liberty across America and to discuss freedom with him and his lovely wife, Brooke, at a roundtable luncheon. There are many things about the speakers that I could mention. I could talk about how interesting and educating it was to hear Glenn Jacobs from the WWE give a speech on the economy. Glenn Jacobs is a huge man and a powerful presence, but to me it was his intelligence that was the most impressive thing about him. I could mention how entertaining it was to hear John Taylor Gatto speak about education despite his age and the fact that he can't be as animated as I'm sure he was in his past. I could talk about how fun it was to watch Stefan Molnou instruct a room full of libertarian-minded people on how to win any political debate in two minutes or less. I could talk about these things, and I guess I did just a little, but I won't go into any more details, because although these luminaries and their presentations gave this gathering substance and form, it was not they who made the forum so exciting for me to attend. Although these famous and inspiring people gave presentations worthy of the standing ovations they received and never seemed to have enough time to answer all the questions that the audience members wanted to pose, it was not they who impressed me the most. It was, in fact, the legions of ordinary people who'd gathered together in one place to listen to these people who delighted me. It was they who created the positive and exciting atmosphere which permeated the hotel. And I have to say, he's spot on. The... Liberty Forum and the Pork Fest, these are the two events the Free State Project puts on, every time it just keeps getting better. Every time the people that have been there before... They get to know one another better, and the bonds grow, and of course there are new people coming in, and that that's always the most difficult part is coming in as, as a new person. But it's you're so welcomed, and it, there's it's just such a great group of people. I totally agree with what uh, Mr. Blessman is saying here. He says it is they, the regular people, who make the Free State Project the beacon of hope that it has become in the liberty movement. One of the first things one notices about this movement is the diversity of those involved. People from all backgrounds, cultures, races, and religions attend. That is a testament to the power of freedom. It appeals to most everyone, regardless of their upbringing or social status. The other thing I noticed is how friendly everyone was. There was no prejudicial judging going on in this group. There was a tendency, I found, to introduce oneself and then to begin conversing with one another as if you've known each other for years. And I have to say, Wayne, that that is not an uncommon thing that is said about uh, people in this movement. Not uncommon, uncommon at all. You know, I think I see a lot of people who are very angry and frustrated
3: because they feel like they're alone. And then when they come to these things, they're joyous because they realize they're not alone and that there are other people working towards freedom like, like they would like to.
0: And you don't have to start from base zero. You don't have to start from uh, trying to explain the non-aggression principle. You don't have to start with the basics of liberty. These people already get that. And so you can start from a different platform, and it really just changes the, the tone and the nature of the conversations that you're having with people. And they really do feel like old friends. I I feel like there's no place I would rather be than surrounded by these great people right here in New Hampshire. I feel so much more uh, comfortable. I mean, not that I, wasn't, uh, not that I was uncomfortable with the friends I had down south, but I just feel so much um, a, a, a more of a part of a community here in New Hampshire than, than I ever have anywhere else. I feel like I'm back at the beach club in Atlantis. I've never been there. What, what is that? Oh, that was in a different time. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, the lost city of Atlantis. Yes. Gotcha. So, uh, <laughs> so, so he says that, you know, that there's a real tremendous connection here, and the non-initiation of aggression principle, as he says, and the idea that in order to live in liberty, you must grant that liberty to all others, is ingrained in our psyches for the most part. And that connection alone is a powerful catalyst for tolerance and friendliness in our interactions. Those ideals were personified by just about everyone at the forum. It's these individuals who make society work. It's they who provide the labor, the products, and the services that make the day-to-day living in the modern world possible. The people attending were the teachers, technicians, software programmers, mechanics, entrepreneurs, businessmen, doctors, clerical workers, etc., who want to see government reduced in size and scope. These are professionals and laborers from a variety of industries, both private and public, who are tired of the overbearing, intrusive nature of our government and simply want to back the ability to be able to make their own decisions for themselves and their businesses and succeed or fail based on their own merits. They came to the forum to get ideas on how to achieve liberty in our lifetime and discuss those same ideas. It was these discussions we had amongst ourselves that made the Liberty Forum such an exciting place to be. By the end of the forum, my head was so full of new information and ideas, it was spinning. I don't know if it would have been possible to squeeze any more nuggets into my skull, and yet I didn't want the weekend to end. I'd found a time and a place that I would have liked to have stretched into eternity, had it been in my power. I now have more hope than ever before than ever before that ordinary folks can create the change necessary to return our society back to the type of freedom-loving independent thinking society our founders must have imagined i'd like to just interject that i think that the the terminology going back to is something we should avoid I agree. I think that when you say you want to go back to something, you sound like you're obsessed with the past and the fact is, the past was not better than what we have today. What we have today, while the government is certainly more tyrannical in many ways, is a preferable living condition. It's a very comfortable society. It's very wealthy compared to the past and also in the past you had this pesky thing called chattel slavery, uh, which you definitely don't want anybody to think that you want to go back to. So let's talk more about moving forward. Let's talk about moving ahead. Let's talk about evolving to the next great Uh, understanding of mankind. With ideas that really work. Exactly. So he finishes up. He says, the ordinary people attending this forum gave me more hope than any politician possibly could. They are the promise of real change, lasting change, change from the bottom up. And for me, this is what made the Liberty Forum a rousing success. So, great story there from American com. And I have to agree, the Liberty Forum is great, and being around these activists is fantastic. You know, I mean, if you've listened to the show before, I gush about this all the time what could be more exciting though i mean as far as the liberty movement is concerned as far as as far as getting people together and getting active where else is it happening i'm still you know if you got an answer to that question one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 i don't believe it's happening anywhere else but here and i think you should be a part of it if you're interested because we'd love to have you 800-259-9231 horse theft update coming up it's free talk live yeah This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Uh, And, by the way, those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free At bbs.freetalklive.com, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative. That's both private and confidential, guaranteed. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Nate in Missouri. Nate, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, what's Uh, on your mind tonight?
4: I was going to talk about fascism.
0: All right. Uh, Go
4: for it. History class, we're studying the different fascist dictators. Yes. And I was going to get your opinion on who was the worst.
0: Who was the worst fascist dictator? You know what, honestly, I can't say I've really studied them. Wayne, what do you think? Well, Mussolini and Hitler were the most two most popular. They didn't le- Was Hitler really a fascist? I mean, he led the National
3: Socialist Party. Well, that's that's essentially see, fascism is is the marriage of big corporations and big government, and it is it is a leftist form of government. That's what people always uh, consider fascism the right, but it's not. It's also a leftist form of government. The main difference is, is that with fascism it's government and corporations in bed together who rule over the people, whereas, and they actually, in a fascist system, people are, uh, can uh, take title to property, but only if you behave. They use laws and taxes and regulation to, to control you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a communist system, which is also a leftist form of government and a form of collectivism, the government holds title to all the property and controls everything. There is no difference. Or well, now, Wayne, you've jarrier. just
0: labeled both of those as leftist. Are you suggesting uh, what, what is a rightist form of government?
3: Well, the real, the real, uh, paradigm or the brutal scale i think the political scale is you got you have totalitarianism versus anarchy no government so total government versus no government and so those are both totalitarian
0: uh collectivist forms of government Just right it's really a question of statism not left or right yes right i mean i would think Yeah. so i'll take the easy way out uh the most fascist fascist was george w bush though obama <laughs> seems to be giving him a run for his money <laughs> so far your thoughts All right. anything else well, on your mind I was
4: thinking stalin actually
0: well, Stalin was a communist. So, why Stalin? If you, what, what point can you make to say that he was a fascist?
4: Well, mainly just his uh, secret police force, is just, in general, kind of big brother.
0: Secret police is a hallmark of all totalitarianism, not right. necessarily just fascism. Yeah, because yeah. Communism, communists believe that the state should control everything, all means of production, all property, all resources. So, probably not Stalin, probably would not qualify, but he certainly was a totalitarian communist, yeah. no doubt about that. And, and Mao Zedong was the worst of all in, in how many Commies. people he killed. Yeah. yeah.
3: Because I I always look at those regimes in in terms of their death toll. Body count. Yeah, that would make the most sense.
0: In which case, it would be Hitler. As far as fascists. Yeah, 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 I think Hitler was the worst among fascists. If he was a fascist, though he did lead the National Socialists. So what's a fascist, what's a socialist, I don't care. As long as they're controlling people, that's what I oppose. As long as they're uh, trying to tell you how to live your life, I will oppose them. Nate, any other Uh, thoughts?
4: Well, on the topic of Stalin, I...
0: Hello? Yes. Nate?
4: His last yes.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. You were saying on the topic of Stalin what?
4: Yeah, I've discovered a conspiracy.
0: Okay, His what sort of conspiracy?
4: Stalin Stalin actually means man of steel. And can you think of any other thing Superman
2: <laughs> <of Steel?
0: laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. Well, I'm huh? Is he still there? Fascist. Who's a fascist? Superman. Superman is a fascist?
4: Superman is Propaganda. He's
0: evil, man. Superman is 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 supposed to be Stalin? It was, is, are you saying that they modeled Superman after Stalin?
4: We came out about the same time. Mm.
0: Mm.
3: It's an I, interesting I
0: idea. always wanted to steal his
3: girlfriend. I always liked Lois Lane. <laughs> Lois Lane is a babe.
0: Thank you for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the Sekel-CAI toll-free line. Yeah, Whether they're a socialist or fascist or whatever you want to call them, they're authoritarians. They believe they know what's best. They believe they they are the anointed ones. They have uh, been granted the the great knowledge as to how to centrally organize society, and that's one of the things that they certainly have in common is central organization. Certainly, the commies are maybe a little more centrally organized than the than the fascists, but I mean we're talking about a difference in degrees here.
3: Yeah, if you look at who you had to vote for in the last few presidential elections, it's becoming more evident that there's not much difference. But Mm -hmm. it seems like the Democrats move more in the Marxist-Communist direction, whereas the
0: Republicans move a little more in the fascist direction. In either case, we lose. Let's continue with Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ina Wayne.
5: Yeah, actually, the real definition in 20th century political thoughts functions or is defined by a fascist system whereby... The means of production are owned by the industrialists, but the government controls the means of production and pays the industrialists for their use. Ultimately, in a fascist system, the government maintains the uh, uh, you know the, the means of production that are owned by the industrialists. Think of Nazi Germany with Krupp, the Krupp family. Whereby they didn't control their means of production, the owners, the government did. But in exchange for that, they received, you know, payment
2: mm-hmm. and
5: huge profits. Whereby in a total, whereby in a communist system, uh, you have a different system where the means of production are owned by the state and controlled by the state. So that's the difference between the two systems, whereby George W. Bush represents fascism in sort of a North American context. Just yes. think of privatizing uh, Halliburton, but the government controlling the deployment of Halliburton people. Who made the money on Halliburton? The people that owned the company made that the is money. Right. right. Same, so that's really the definition. And the regimes, authoritarian regimes, are usually totalitarian. History has sort of proven that. However... How
0: can you be an authoritarian without being a totalitarian?
5: Well, 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 it it depends on degrees. But if you look at the greatest crimes of the 20th century in genocide, you'll see that it was probably Mao Zedong Mm -hmm. uh, and then it would be Joseph Stalin when, you know, the Ukraine was... uh, When 10 million Ukrainians were destroyed, when the Communist Party decided to withhold... uh, the grain and the food and shipped mm. it to other parts of the empire and to other countries so that was a tremendous genocide and then, of course Nazi Germany with the six million Jews that that's horrendous as well what's interesting about Nazi Germany uh, with the with the Holocaust is the fact that they used high technology as an integral process of genocide which had never been done before and it was done on such a large scale and the economies of efficiency Sort of modeled those of an industrial advanced economy, and so when you look at them all, they're all pretty bad. And then you can look at Paul Pot, who yeah. had a very primitive uh, in- industrial infrastructure, but managed to kill uh, what was it, four million uh, Cambodians?
3: Vietnam, yes. So Vietnam. when
5: you look at when you look at the history of that, it's very specific. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's horrendous. I think you have to look at some writers like Hannah Arendt with her uh, essay or her book on totalitarianism.
0: Frank, thanks for the uh, the comment tonight. No Appreciate problem. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the cycle cai free Freeline, whether socialist or fascist or communist, these people that he was talking about are the biggest murderers of all time. I mean, the private murderers, people like Jack the Ripper, pale in comparison. More on the way, this is your show. It is Free Talk Live, which is why the government is the greatest threat, Period. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free. We talk to you about whatever you want. 800 259 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wade. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those. And the, those features, by the way, include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Free for you at freetalklive.com. Also, coming up this summer, a dozen different seminars put on by the Institute for Humane Studies. They pay for your meals and your housing. Um, Some of the seminars include the Moral Foundations of Capitalism happening at Clemson University June 20th through the 26th. It's a rigorous interdisciplinary evaluation of the economic systems examining timeless questions about society, human nature, and government with an emphasis on current events. Explore capitalism's roots in philosophy and history as well as economic theory and the current crisis. Discuss the ideas of thinkers such as Aristotle, Adam Smith, Ayn Rand, and Friedrich Hayek, and you can get registered for it at LibertarianSeminars.com. com. Head over there and get registered today. LibertarianSeminars.com. As we go to your phone calls about whatever you want, Ben is listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hey, Ben, you are on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, great. Um, listen, uh, you know, anytime you know, I was listening to the previous callers, and it's
11: interesting. Anytime government starts to get involved in business, there is always strings attached.
0: When they get involved in business, yes. Whether whether it's licensing or regulations, there's always something else they want you to do for them.
7: Yeah, that's right. And so now, with the communism and the other
0: stuff.
1: You know, what, we're having
0: we're having trouble with your phone. I'm going to put you back on hold. We're having some issues, Ben. Uh, we'll try you back here in a little bit. In the meantime, we're going to go to Mike, who is uh, excuse me, no, no, it's not Mike. I, I don't even know who who this is. Caller, you're on the line. I think I screened the call. Mr. Caller. Oh, hey, it's Cliff. Hey,
2: <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Hey. Uh, yeah, I want to
10: talk about the whole uh, fascism versus communism thing. And to me, I think fascism is as different from communism as republic is different to uh, a democracy.
2: Okay. Meaning sure.
10: that you know, so, I mean, it's a small group of men trying to control all the resources of, of the land. I mean, to me, they're
1: pretty much all uh, interchangeable.
0: Yeah, they're very subtle differences uh, between the two. It's really just how the the tyranny is organized. The biggest problem I have
3: with fascism is it tries to mimic capitalism. A lot of times they'll call itself capitalistic or capitalism when it really isn't. It's kind of what we have here in this country. Exactly. We have soft fascism. Yeah, that's it for me. I just
10: wanted to let you guys... uh... See that.
0: That's it. all right cliff thanks always good hearing from you 800-259-9231 we're going to talk to oh, ben dropped off maybe he'll call back get a better sell let's talk to jake in washington jake you're on free talk live jake hello hey you're on the air what's on your mind tonight
4: hey just want to say i love your show man we
0: love jake. you too what's on your mind tonight jake do you have something you want to talk about
4: Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, surveillance and pretty much how Obama's whole agenda is to set up pretty much um civilian task force, kind of just militia.
0: Well, militia probably wouldn't be the right term. Um, probably yeah. Bra- domestic security force. B- brown shirts, you yes. know, that might be a better term for it. Sounds about right. Yes, you're familiar with what brown shirts are, right? Yeah. So that's what they're looking at doing. They're looking at creating a national service program and forcing all young Americans to essentially work for the federal government in the sorts of uh, areas that you're talking about, so-called civil defense or civil service, uh, and, of course, the military. They, they, They won't forget to populate the military even more with warm bodies through their national service program. So that's what they're looking at doing.
4: Exactly. You know, militia is just kind of a term they use to make it seem like a good idea.
0: I don't think they're going to be using the term militia. Have you heard them mention the term militia in any sort of positive fashion?
4: Not exactly. It was blogged about repeatedly by these Obama fanatics.
0: Oh I can see what you're saying you're suggesting that the fanatics the followers are essentially terming it a militia maybe like a, a statist militia or something like that because the militia today is still being maligned by the state in fact the caller earlier who told us about that uh, that Missouri group that uh, the governmental information group that had put out a report basically saying that libertarians and liberty-minded people are are aligned with terrorists they were talking about the militia there so it's very unlikely you're ever going to hear the government used the term militia in any sort of positive manner. But I can definitely see how the followers could consider themselves as part of an Obama militia or something like that. If that's right. what you're getting at. Thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Michael in Texas. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Michael?
4: <clears throat> um, nothing's really on my mind. Well, everything's on my mind. But I'll uh, well, pick one. I just I don't have an issue right now. I just wanted to tell you, um, I have registered obamadeception.org, and I've made it available free for anyone that wants to download. I'm hosting it for free.
0: What are you hosting?
4: Obamadeception.org. It's a film by Alex Jones that he put out just a couple of days ago. Oh,
0: he's uh, old Alex Jones has a new movie out. I, I hadn't even caught wind of that. Obama Deception? No, I hadn't even heard about it. That's good to know. I've always enjoyed Alex Jones's movies. I Not so much for the whole conspiracy theory thing necessarily, but I think there are definitely people out there conspiring to do things. There's no doubt about that. I like Alex Jones the most when he talks about real, t- uh, concrete things that are happening like the police state. When he's reporting on the police state, I think he is on the top of his game. He's at his best. So I imagine there's some of that stuff in this new movie. Yes, there is. Great. Oh, good um, to know.
4: But it's more geared tor- towards international bankers and pretty much telling the people that Obama and pretty much most presidents have been run by the international bankers.
0: You know, one of the other things I really like about Alex Jones is that he is one of those people that puts his product out there and encourages people to just distribute it. And that's kind of what we do here on this show, and, and I think that's fantastic. When you've got a product that you think is valuable, you don't charge for it up front you put it out there and you say hey here you go if you like it send me some you know send me some money and and you know he deserves a lot of credit for doing things that way yeah
11: that's exactly if you like it buy
0: the dvd which i did well and that's why you're sure. able to share it on your website without him coming after you with some sort of lawsuit and he also
3: i think knows that you'll uh, if you buy the dvd you'll pass it out to your friends and and that's a good way is is
0: a sampler way of of uh, selling a lot of dvds and expanding his brand thanks for the yes. call tonight dude 800-259-9231 let's talk to john paul listening to KBYO in Louisiana. John Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, John Paul, what's on your mind tonight?
11: Yeah, I was wondering about uh, some of these latest gun control bills, uh, like H.R. 45. Uh, I was wondering, like, what's the word on that?
0: You know, haven't heard anything fresh. Obviously, they're tossing around a lot of ideas. They're talking about bringing back the assault, uh, the assault weapons ban, and odds are good that they're probably going to bring it back with some more extra restrictions this time around. Uh, We can sit here and we can speculate about it. Uh, I would say that eventually something will happen. I mean, you've got a Democrat-controlled Congress and. They're not, their constituents aren't as concerned with that particular issue. I'm not one to back scratch the Republicans. I don't care for them either. I mean, the Republicans have presided over the largest increases in the, in the state within the last few decades. So they're as guilty, if not more so, than the Democrats in increasing the size of the state. But certainly we know that the Democrats are a little more interested on, on uh, controlling guns. So I'd expect you'll see something happen. So it's probably not a bad idea to do what a lot of people have been doing and, uh, stock up on some ammo. Gun sales
3: are going, have gone through the roof in the last three or four months. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, any other that's thoughts
11: the for us? One thing that has been skyrocketing in the economy.
2: John
0: Paul, any other uh, thoughts for us tonight?
11: Yeah, concealed carry um, reciprocity, or however that's pronounced.
3: Reciprocity. Like
11: basically, your, your concealed carry permit is good anywhere that allows concealed carry. How's that law coming along?
0: Are you talking about some sort of national law? From state to state?
11: Yes, from, from state to state. Actually it's basically bo- going to be recognized nationwide the same as your driver's license.
3: Well, there's a book out um, that actually describes each state's law and uh, what their policy is on out-of-state gun owners and uh, concealed carry permits. So um, that's something you want to look up because some states are different. In but how it they sounds like that. he's
0: saying there's going to be a national overarching law. Is that what you're saying, that there's going to be some sort of uh, federal legislation in regards to this?
11: Yes, I heard some talk about it uh, on the Internet, that the, that a uh, concealed carry permit is going to be valid no matter where you go as long as the state allows concealed carry to begin
2: with. Well, it's I would say that, uh,
0: you know, by I by I the hadn't the heard about by that, by but I, I'm not touched, you know tapped into uh, the pulse of D.C. The last thing I want to do is pay too close attention to what they do there. So I'd recommend you head back to the Internet, and uh, you'll probably find your answer there, and I thank you for the call. If that happens, well, okay, but whatever. 800 259 leave the house 31.
3: anyway, so what's the difference? Hey, now, more <laughs> coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
0: Free Talk Live. It's your show. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can... Become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show. Go and become an amplifier at amp.freetalklife.com. It makes a difference for us having that money come in because it allows us to advertise the show in a in a way that really makes us look as big as the other guys. And you have to act like you're a success before you can actually be a success. At least that's certainly something I have found true in my life. And so being able to, to advertise big dollar, you know, put, put some big dollars into advertising helps uh, our image and the industry and makes it more likely that something like what happened earlier this week will happen more often. I had a program director who I'd never spoken with before in my life call me out of the blue to say he saw the ads in Talkers Magazine, and he took a look at our website which we have a special page just for program directors there. He took a look at that website, and he liked what he saw, and he liked what he listened to, and they're looking at weeknights. So it's not a done deal yet, but it's one of those things that, you know, it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have those half-page ads in Talkers Magazine. So that's something, that's one of the many things that the AMP dollars allow us to do on this show, is really reach out there and get Free Talk Live in front of these decision-makers and eventually – they will make the decision to add the show to their lineup, which is what's happened. Now we've got, you know, 45 radio stations carrying the show, and it's really all because of the amplifiers. So you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month over at amp.freetalklive.com, and you get perks like access to the amp only call in lines, chat room, and more. We go to your phone calls. Uh, you can bring up absolutely anything. Let's talk to Joe in New York. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Excuse me, Jay in New York. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
12: Uh, I love your show. Um, I was studying for a CLEP exam, which allows introverts like me to uh, to get college credits without going to class.
2: (laughs) Okay, great.
12: (laughs) And uh, I'm supplementing the review course with Murray Rothbard's Conceived in Liberty history work, which is available for free at the Mises website.
2: Okay. And uh,
12: on page 402 of volume 1, he describes the peaceful and voluntary anarchism of the Quakers, which lasted almost 50 years. Until as he describes on page 59 of volume 2, uh, the general status war pressures, and specifically Ben Franklin, betrayed them for his own power. It was all over.
0: Ooh, that's awful.
12: Yeah, uh, you might want to check that out, or your listeners might be in- interested in that, and uh, that's about all I have.
0: Well, very good. I've heard good things about that book. I think somebody sent me a copy of it. I've got so many books that I just yeah. have not made the time to read, but I'm glad you're out there well, reading them. That part, that part is only
12: ten pages about the the founding of that colony. It's absolutely hilarious how frustrated the uh, would-be statists were that first five years.
0: You know, I think it'd be interesting to. Uh, I, again, I obviously haven't read it, but as far as frustrating the statists are concerned, I love the idea of going and doing what they did. Have your own Declaration of Independence. Go ahead and write up your own constitution and, and, and essentially secede um, in document form, at the very least, if not in spirit, and yeah. basically say, yeah, we're declaring our independence from your United States, and we're going to form our own free land of Keene or yeah. something like that.
12: I mean, a lot of people say that it's, it's impossible because of human nature, but uh, this was not a homogeneous society. This was not just the Quakers. This was Quakers and non-Quakers and Indians living in uh, essentially equality.
2: Sounds good to uh, the me. The
12: Indians. The Indians were allowed six people uh, against six whites on, on juries in cases involving uh, racial uh, disputes.
3: They also called themselves Very. the Society of Friends. Was it?
12: Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what the, that's what it said in the book. Yeah. But uh, just ten pages. Uh, it's it's absolutely. It made my day yesterday.
0: And what was the book again? Uh,
12: it was called Conceived in Liberty.
0: By Murray um, by Rothbard. Murray
12: Rothbard, and there there are four volumes. You need volume one on page four hundred two. And okay. then volume two on page fifty
0: nine. Well, thank you so much for the call tonight. Really appreciate Have it. Good night. Jay. 800-259-9231. There sure are a lot of great liberty oriented books out there, but not so many liberty oriented radio shows or television shows. And one of the things that has been just floating along with the liberty movement for the longest time is an obsession with books. And I love I love a good book, and books are great. And I wish more people, including myself, would read more often. However the reality of the world that we live in is that uh, people are pretty busy and it seems that people are not as as willing to sit down and and take time out and make time to to read a book while they might not have any problem sitting down and watching an hour of television every single night. So it really is about your priorities and about what it is you've chosen for yourself. But the fact is a lot of people do like to watch TV, and a lot of people like to uh, you know, surf the Internet, which is pretty much reading. I mean, being on the Internet unless you're playing a game or something is basically reading. You just don't have pages in front of you. It's a little different, though, because
3: I, I, te- I find that the surfing the Internet is a little bit more ADD-ish, if you, might, if you, if you will. Because yeah, you you're jumping around. Thing, you jump around a lot more, whereas when you sit down and read a book, you're, you're sitting with one subject, with one it's thing. It's linear. Yes, and I actually prefer that but to sit in front of the fire and my my house is not quiet so I, I'm not going to be able to sit in front of a book for a few years mm-hmm. yet but uh, I do like to sit in front of a fire with a cup of tea and and under a nice in a nice comfortable chair and read a real book that there's nothing like that.
0: I agree with it. I'm not trying to malign books at all, but mm-hmm. I'm pointing out is that the liberty movement I think what it really needs to take off even more so than it than it is. I mean it's bur- I would say it's burgeoning at this point it's not even close to taking off. It's it's getting warmed up. Um I think that obviously the internet has been infected by liberty minded people and that's great they're taking over message boards they're starting their own websites they're they're putting it out they're putting content out there on the internet and it's the genesis point for a lot of uh, great media that's being generated this new media that's being generated like free, free talk live is uh, free talk live's like a, a a mishmash it's like a, a multimedia show because we're on an old media format we're on radio and at the same time we're also distributed uh, all over the place on the internet So that's a good thing. But the Internet has been creating these new media uh, shows that have slowly been transitioning into other distribution channels. I mean, Free Minds TV, which we have Nick on the show every Tuesday, is a great example of that. It's a show that started on – well, actually, it started on cable access and the Internet at the same time. They've expanded out to more cable access channels as they've expanded on the Internet, and they've also expanded out to radio now as well. So it's important – I think it's critical to get the the pro-liberty message in as many media forms as possible. Some of the activists today were talking about creating a a newspaper here in the Keene area. Now, we already have the New Hampshire Free Press, which originally was published in Keene. It is still heavily distributed in Keene. But now they're talking about doing like a Cheshire County Free Press or something like that, some sort of uh, more focused kind of a news media and I think that's great. So even though newspapers seems really outdated, there are a lot of people that still read it and it can be refreshed. Yes, newspapers are dying off around the country, but they're following an old business model right. and they're you know they're just the, the old dinosaurs in the industry that don't know how to change. There are still papers that are profitable out the there. Free
3: papers. Yes, that, that make their money from the advertising and not from selling uh,
0: or delivering from, most papers the make money from advertising yes the delivery is just you know a little bit of money that
3: comes But in. a lot of these papers tend to just put a stack in a, uh, a store or something it's mm-hmm. not uh, the
0: home delivery so much and, and people come after them they, they come, come after them and they and they they take them all uh, of course the price is right but whatever it takes to get those ads in people's hands and get your articles in people's hands is what works so what i'm saying here is we need to have more than just books the the books are out there we've got all the we've got all the liberty books that we need and of course more will inevitably be written but what more can you really say in book form that hasn't already been said about freedom i mean pretty much all of the the great ideas about liberty are are down on paper at at this point it's just a matter of finding them and and consuming them but what we really need is people who are taking those great ideas that they've learned from reading those books and turning them into easy to absorb Media that, and then and it doesn't necessarily just mean radio and television. It can also mean like cartoons, not just regular talking heads on TV. Well, the but Philosophy of Liberty movie, great one, great one. How one. about Pirates and Emperors, I'm, the animated? I haven't seen. Oh, that you one. haven't seen Pirates and Emperors? I must see it. You have to see. No, you have to see Pirates and Emperors. You you've seen the uh, the Schoolhouse Rock things, right? Remember Schoolhouse Rock from the seventies? Yes. Well, it's like that except for freedom. Wow. And it's really brilliant. You're gonna want to watch this, Wayne, and then take it and show your kids i when sure you get well. So, uh, so anyway, media, important, and getting the message out there, very important. In fact, one of the things that is going to help get the message out there is the CD Evolution Fund. Now, if the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you just can't, for whatever reason, get involved, well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CDEvolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women financially. By supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion, cdevolution.org is the website. You can go there. You can send in a one-time contribution. You can get on a monthly recurring contribution. You can go to newegg.freetalklive.com, and you place an order through that link, and a percentage of your purchase will one will all be given to the cd evolution funds so free talk live isn't even making any money from the new egg thing anymore and i actually just put a two thousand dollar order in the other day for some uh, for some computer parts well i'm an old egg. can i still use the site you still use new egg it's, it's a great site i use old i'm an old egg oh you haven't used new egg yet i haven't new egg com that's where you enter and it's a gr- it's the best place on the internet to buy computer parts period there's, a, there's reviews, and there are so many different parts there to choose from. We're out of time. It's been in here with you. And Wayne. Tomorrow night, we'll be back. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.